Let us come to God in prayer. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation, the thoughts, the ponderings, the wrestlings of our hearts be acceptable, be pleasing, be honoring to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. With our young people, I began to unpack that love for God and love for one another was central to the early church. So much so that even in the midst of their changing circumstances, they prioritized certain practices and were devoted to doing them because, as we saw over past weeks, they wanted to live for Jesus and play their part in his continuing ministry. They were convinced that he is alive, and so they wanted to know more of his life for themselves and for his life to others. And over the years, it transformed the world. If you go read history books from the, and those ancient days, you will see how it changed the world. And you will see that in a relatively short space of time, actually, the early church came to be envied, envied by the Roman authorities for how extravagantly they loved neighbor, no matter creed, color, or class. It literally turned the world on its head. And the result was this. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The growth of the Christian faith was phenomenal. Not only here at the birth of the church, but across the early centuries. Yet, does this phrase, does this verse mean that these Christians simply stayed at home? The Lord added, did they stay at home? Does it mean that they played no part in these historical changes coming to fruition? Of course not. The the verses we will go on to show, read, show us that that wasn't the case. As the rest of Acts and the rest of the New Testament makes it very clear, individual Christians and the Christian community as a whole play a key Part, that what you and I do is of great importance. If Brighton's parish church is to have a vibrant future such that the community outside these walls thrives as well, then we all, we all, every one of us have a part to play in that. We all do need to do certain things as we'll see today and next week. But before we get practical, notice what that verse said. The Lord added to their number. The Lord added to their number. The early church knew that any life, any growth, any success, any vibrancy, any positive impact at all, upon its members, and then the surrounding community was a result of the Lord 
being active in and amongst them. And so they made it clear in their account. Acts 2.47, the Lord added to their number. And that phrase repeats itself throughout Acts. And maybe it's because of that conviction that the author of Acts sandwiches the stuff that we like, the miracles, the great feats of love, the joy, the incredible growth. The author sandwiches those things that we'd love to see. How much would we love to see that nowadays? He sandwiches that between two phrases. They devoted themselves and the Lord added to their number. The start and the end go hand in hand because the top list is like the four wheels of a car. I was trying to think, how how do I express this? The four wheels of a car. Without those four wheels, the car won't move or with some wheels missing, it will simply bump and grind along the road but it will never reach its full potential. It will never see the destination and the distance it could reach if it did have all four wheels. Or if you're like me and like to have a bit cake, my favorite cake to make is chocolate Guinness cake. Yes, I can make it and I do think it turns out quite well, even if I do say so myself. But imagine me trying to make that cake without Guinness, chocolate, bicarbonate of soda, or cream cheese. Yes, it's that good. (laughs) Imagine any chocolate Guinness cake that doesn't include those things is going to be dull, it's going to be flat, it's going to lack all the stuff that makes it so good and makes me want to keep it to myself. With baking and cars, we know we need the whole package, but when it comes to church, we somehow think we can have one without the other. We want the miracles and we want the joy and we want the great feats of love and we want the incredible growth. We want these pews to be filled, but we'd rather not have the other stuff. We'd rather leave that to the minister or the religious people or the spiritually mature, whatever. So please hear me clearly on this. I've put this as bluntly as I can. We will never get the good life without the good Lord. Activity is not enough. Trying harder is not enough. We will never get the good life without the good Lord. If we want vibrancy, in Brighton's Parish Church. And if we want that vibrancy to overflow to the community, such that it blesses and benefits the community, if we want people to start thinking that church might be relevant for them and they start coming in here, then we each individually must know and walk with the good Lord. Because when we do that, his life, His power, His love, His grace flow into our lives and overflow into the wider community. It's how it works. And I think deep down we know it. That the folk that we know in church who you just love being around or ministers in bygone days or people that you read about in books, you think, oh, they've got something and I wish I had that. And you just like being around them. Or they they have an incredible impact on people's lives. It's because of this. That they did it with the good Lord. 
that they knew him and walked with him. And so we will never get the good life without the good Lord. And our passage today is not particularly complex. It's not hard to understand. Many of the ideas and terms you will be familiar with. And so in some ways, I could probably end the sermon here. I'm not going to. But I could. And leave the rest up to you. Because it's, it's quite plain what it says there. But I love to learn. And consequently, I love to give others the opportunity to learn and grow as well. And so, I know there's been quite a few different elements to today. Well, you're about to get another. In the remaining time, I would like to give you the opportunity to talk with one another. Radical, I know. Imagine talking in church during the sermon time. I'll give you that permission this week. We'll focus this week on verse 42, next week on the remaining verses, and then we'll go back to me talking to you for 20 minutes. Sound okay? Fair enough? Up for giving it a bash? Yes. Up for giving it a bash? Yes. Okay, some of you are okay for that. If you don't want to talk about it, talk about the weather. Fine. So, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. But what does that mean for us today? Well, firstly, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They learned about Jesus and his ways, put it quite simply that way. And we do that on Sunday, but like, Sunday is not enough. There's so much more to God. And he wants to say something particular to you every day of the week. So here's a few ideas. Keep coming on Sunday. If you don't come on Sunday, keep coming. But beyond that, why not start digging into his word yourself during the week? Today, as it happens... Uh, or not. Um, we have daily reading resources being sold by the discipleship team in the vestibule after the service. If you need some help, this is a great resource. Uh, Every day with Jesus and then there's one for children and young people. Maybe get a copy and start reading God's Word throughout the week because it'll change your world. It'll change your life and His life will flow in you and then beyond. They devoted themselves to fellowship. The word for fellowship is koinonia. It means basically sharing, sharing in life together. How can we do that? Well, we have fellowship groups. And in the service sheet, we have notice of all the fellowship groups this week. And there's a contact name, Tom Nimmo, if you want to find out how to get involved. Phone up Tom, track him down, have a chat. Or sharing in life together could mean getting involved in the life of this church. Most churches, 20% of those attending contribute to the life. Now, I think Brighton's is slightly better than that. We need everyone, every one of you, somehow. doesn't matter age, ability, new, old, how long you've been a member. Everyone needs to play a part. Next week, we hope to have a vacancy list, hopefully. Um, if, but before then, we have the Easter fun day coming up. Great opportunity to reach out to the community. People will come in who never come to church, but we need a team. So if you think you could maybe give something, welcome, a bit of baking, who knows? I'm not organizing it, so I don't know what's needed, but they're having a meeting in the crash room, the small hall after this service. If you could play a part in that, go through. If that room is filled with people, Rachel will be bursting at the seams with enthusiasm. And if there's only a handful of people, it probably won't happen and we won't reach this community. The choice is yours, okay? Third, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. They celebrated communion. They came back to the cross again and again, 
And we only do that a handful of times here in Brighton's. Next one, 3rd of March. If you can be here, we'd love to have you amongst us. And lastly, they devoted themselves to prayer. The early church prayed. And if you read Acts, you'll see that it happens again and again. Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, is quoted as saying this. There has never, to the best of my knowledge, that is his knowledge, been a revival in the church that did not begin with a renewal of prayer. There's never been a revival in the church that did not begin with a renewal of prayer. We will never get the good life without the good Lord. And it's so true of prayer. And for us, that could mean maybe coming along to the Thursday prayer meeting, gathering there and interceding. Or what about considering coming to the evening services this year? I think the theme that I'm choosing is going to be prayer. And we will learn some of the great prayers of Paul and how they apply to our time and have a go at praying them. So, a few ideas. I've rattled through them simply to get to this point. I'm going to give you, what, maybe eight, ten minutes to talk amongst yourselves. To think about how you could put these verses into practice in your own life. I've given you a few ideas to get you started. Pick the category you think you're weakest at, maybe, and start the conversation there. But whatever you do, try and come up with one or two things that you personally could do differently so as to love the Lord a little more with your heart and with your soul and with your mind. So I'm going to shut up and I'm going to pass it over to you. Okay? Go for it.